Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. This is the fourth installment of the Spun Mafia series. And in this one, Raj, Raghu, and I talk about the acquisition of Engage by Moxie Publicis. We discuss the various other companies that were interested in buying Engage, what the selection process was like, and what the integration process was like with Moxie. Spoiler, it wasn't great. (laughs) You won't want to miss this one as we tell a lot of stories that have never been shared before and maybe some things we really shouldn't have. We made it back. Well, most of us made it back. Where's the fourth musketeer? Well, we, we, we you, got that, would, that would be D'Artagnan, actually, I think. <laughs> the three yeah. musketeers and D'Artagnan. So this, this episode and why Danny's not here is because we are talking about the conclusion of Engage and the sale to Publicis Moxie. But Danny wasn't there for any of that. So we thought he could take a break and, and we would just do that part. He was still on the cap table. You know, Danny was still on the cap table, so he was, he was. officially still a shareholder in uh, Cracker Snap. This is so fair. As it were. Yeah. This is fair. So as a, as a quick recap, this is our fourth Spun Mafia episode. We went through the beginnings of the of Spun Logic. We went through our growth stage. We talked about the sale to Halyard and, and becoming the founding, one of the founding companies in Engage. We talked about the good and the bad of those first couple of years, the transition of leadership sort of midway through. And this episode is to talk about um, sort of the sale process, how we got to the point um, where we sold, and then maybe some stories in, of what went well, what didn't uh, with the acquisition uh, by Publicis. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. So we'll start here. Um, I, so we were... It was, um, we sold in August of 2013 and I had approached, um, I think we were all sort of getting to where we were ready for the thing to be close to done. I actually had, uh, I think we probably all did, but I had a, a non-compete that said that um, I couldn't start another agency for at least a year after I left. Um, and I had an idea to start a new agency January of 2014. Okay. So I went to Halyard and I basically said, look, I have two options. If I want to start a new company, uh, a new agency, Jan of 2014, either I need to quit now and sit my year out, or you guys need to write into my contract to allow me to do that. And I know that we're probably looking to, to, you know, move to, to a sale this year. We need to 
you need to get on that process. Fortunately, they were on board with that, the second part, which was they were ready to start the process. Um, and then they actually changed my contract to allow me to start an agency. And I think they said, as long as in the first year, I didn't get to like 150 employees, then they were fine. <laughs> I was like, okay. You're re- you are really honoring that agreement still yeah, to this day. Yeah. I'm really being fair to them <laughs> seven years later. Um, so anyways, so, so that, that was sort of my side of the story. Um, how, you know, as we were starting to get toward that process, how were you guys feeling? Uh, I'll maybe jump in. I actually want to, let's, let's even go a little bit further from that, which is that when, when we knew we were going um, to sell, right? Hallie was, was ready. The market was prime. Um, you know, Engage was actually firing in, on all cylinders. If you guys remember, like we, we couldn't lose a pitch. Yeah. Uh, we were really, I mean, we finally got our story right. Um, gosh, what was the stat guys? Like maybe like, 76% close ratio, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. We, we were just like on fire, right? So we're an agency on fire. Um, I don't know if, if all of us wanted to sell though, right? Uh, we like almost wanted one more year in there to increase up the valuation of the company and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, Halid, um, I think rightfully so, we're like, listen, <laughs> you're, in, you're the hot shop right now. So this is the time to... Um, uh, time to go to market. And I think even there was a period in time where we even attempted to see if we could even buy um, mm-hmm. Engage. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Like, we, you know, now, yeah, how the hell we could have come with the capital? And we, we, I think that lasted maybe, what, a week or two. Conversation. <laughs> we're, like, <laughs> yeah. we're like, all right, this, we're at, it's outside of our realm, right? We just, we just can't figure out how to do that. But I mean, I, I don't think any of us wanted to actually sell at that very point, we wanted to run one more year um, uh, and, and go through that. But so once the decision was like, oh, no, you know, this is the right time to sell, blah, blah, blah. Um, I certainly um, was like, okay, that's it, done. <laughs> you know, don't really want to be part of the next thing, right? Um, and, um, you know, I think all of us kind of had those kind of separate conversations, um, you know, trying to figure out uh, the path out, you know, Jeff, you know, you knew clearly you're going to go down uh, that path. Um, Rugo, I think you were kind of like going down that path as well. Um, for me, I, I, I decided to, you know, that's when I was forming up No Limit Ventures. Um, we were having our second kid. I was like, all right, we knew when the close was coming through and, and, and everything else and also the different players. Um, and I went off to go get my um, executive MBA, right? So like in my mind, we're closing. I'm checked out. Yeah. Right? That, that is, that is, obviously, that's not how it went down in the end. Um, so I don't know if we want to go into that story necessarily, but I do remember the players mm-hmm. um, um, that we were considering uh, at the time. And again, like it was interesting, just even just the strategy of publicists, you know, um, you know, I know even, you know, WPP and, and, and Olsen um, were, uh, you know, the kind of contenders. Uh, to, Why don't to you just go off the beans, Raj? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might as well, right? Olsen so, was, uh, was, where was that? Where were they located uh, again? Uh, next to Target, um, Milwaukee. In Minneapolis? Yeah, right. Minneapolis, yeah. I remember when we went to that <laughs> meeting. Um, but it was interesting for me because I, since I had, I had been very clear with Halyard and the company that was representing us in the process that I wasn't going to go forward. I was sort of 
playing a little more coy in terms of my responsibilities in the company um, so that it would be easier for us to find a buyer where I wasn't going to be part of. Hey, Jeff, I don't think, uh, for the most part, I don't think you went on the road show. I went to some. I went to Olson. Okay. Uh, I went to some, but I didn't go to all of them because we didn't want, we didn't want them to, usually, you know, when, when an acquisition happens, they want all the leaders, top leaders to yeah. stay. So, uh, you know, that, we tried to play that dance as much as possible. Yeah, no, um, and the normal cadence and kind of an interesting note for later when we talk about, uh, you know, final bid or all that, the normal cadence for these things um, is the quote unquote um, money people would be an early upfront conversation. Um, and the money people are, if it's a private equity backed agency, it would be a P fund screen. Maybe a, maybe a leader at the agency that they invested in would also be on the call, but a lot of times not. It would be an initial screen by the private equity owner. Or if it was a holding company uh, um, owned agency, um, the somebody at the holding company would at the WPP, Interpublic, uh, Omnicom, Publicis level would have the initial meeting. Um, do a screen. If you pass that screen, they would then come back and then have a follow-up meeting and then say, oh, J, um, hey, WPP, maybe the COO, CFO, new biz guy at WPP, really like the first meeting. Um, some of the early numbers from that your investment bank shared about you, EBITDA, growth rate, all this other stuff, checks out, meets our evaluation criteria. We like your certain concentrations about how you describe yourself. We think you would be a good fit for X company underneath it. So WPP would say that and they go, we think you should make JWT Atlanta. And then the next meeting would be with let's say JWT Atlanta. And that would be various execs with an agency. And they're looking for what's the quality of your work look like, mm -hmm. not just a little PowerPoint, but like a deeper dive into your work, a culture fit, find out what kind of leadership you have, maybe a couple of meetings would happen like that. They would report back to the holding company, new biz team and go, hey, you passed this test. Now tell the investment bank that you'd queue up and wait for their process to formalize. But as it formalizes, you would maybe give an indication of interest that, you know, um, not a commitment by any means, but an indication you'd be there. Or maybe you didn't pass that test and they'd say, hey guys, there's too much similarity to us, or they're too different, or we're not looking for that particular skill set. And then the money people, the holding company might say, well, not JWT Atlanta, but maybe this other subsidiary would be a better fit, or we don't see a fit right now. And a PE fund would then say, um, hey, we like it, it fits our criteria. Why don't you go meet the leaders of this agency we own more than 50% of, get to know them, they get to really vet whether you'd be a good addition or not. So we had a number of meetings. Um, our bankers at uh, Pesky Premier, Sanjay Chada um, as a lead. Um, I, his, neither of his last names is Pesky or Premier, but you know he was the man mm -hmm. um, at that time and still still is at his uh, new firm. Um, but um, the he really got a broad selection of people and we were like Taraj's thing, we were really hitting on all cylinders. 
we were one of maybe the top two or three independent social media agencies in the world. Um, the key criteria being independent, because obviously there were some great <laughs> agencies that weren't independent because yeah. they were so great. Somebody bought them already. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, the other one um, thing, uh, social media, because there were some, I mean, Wyden and Kennedy's an independent agency, you know, and still are, but they weren't a social media agency. So, um, so I'm not being disingenuous when I add those criteria in that, independent social media agencies we were the only reason i say best two or three is i'm not sure who else had clients like ours hershey's um you know mars uh chick-fil-a coke uh you know eventually nike wells fargo cisco just um name them um we had the china joint venture where we won like social media agencies the year in china Did, did we win the nike account during the sale process um, as it was finishing, it was in our pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. So when they ask you for your sales pipeline, as they get more serious, everybody was seeing that it was in our sale pipeline that we were about to maybe win Nike, maybe win uh, Wells Fargo that we, both of them, we ended up winning. Um, but we actually won them after the sale was over, but like uh-huh. people who were bidding on us knew that they were in our pipeline. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel like we then, won Nike before actually. I th- I no, we actually before. won them the week after the deal was announced. Basically, it was um, um, kind of the, um, if you ever read Liar's Poker by- uh, Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis, there's a a, uh, reference that I won't get into the exact reference of, but basically saying like an elephant going through the jungle, swoosh, swoosh, what exactly was uh, going through is saying, we just won Nike, we just won Wells Fargo. (laughs) What a great way to start this, you know, who, who's the uh, baddest agency in the room. So it was a great way to go in. The references even front of your Liar's Poker is a great book. Everybody should read it. Speaking of Liar's Poker, um, I remember one meeting, I think maybe just Nick and I were at it. I'm not sure. I'm, I can picture having a dinner, but there was a, there was a, um, I guess there was a guy who was an agency guy out of New York who had money behind him and he wanted to build a new agency and we were going to be the beginning of it. Um, I can't remember the specifics. I just know, I think he had a connection with someone on our board and that was the only one where it was like, we were going to be the pillar, you know, sort of of the beginning yeah. of a thing. Right. And I think neither of you were at the uh, dinner with Nick and I, and, and that guy, I don't right? think I was at that one. No. no. So I remember I, I'm a terrible person to be at uh, such a thing because I can't just like, and neither can you guys, but I can't just lie to somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the guy says he, he's like, you know, pitching us on how exciting this whole thing is. And he goes, so Jeff, he's like, if we do this, you know, you're going to have to move to New York with your family only for two or three years, you know, we'll set you up, but you know, it's going to be big. And as, and he's like, as like, I, I just don't think I can do that. And he goes, well, what's the percent chance you can, you can do something like that. And I kind of looked over at Nick and Nick's like giving me the look, like just <laughs> say it. And I just it's said, on the truth. A. I just said, zero man it's zero percent and he's like what i haven't even told you what i would pay you i'm like zero percent like my whole family's here like i I can't go the real reason too being i wasn't going to go forward whatever was going to happen so that one went away pretty quickly because nick afterwards like what are you doing you got to say something (laughs) but um we got down to a couple that were really interesting right a couple of offers um well actually there was a there was probably Six that were pretty interesting. Um, a couple, two or three pretty interesting ones. 
just didn't make the final cut in income in, in total yeah. financial consideration. And ultimately at that point, Engage was not truly an independent agency, meaning like the management couldn't ultimately make the decision on who to sell right. to. We were important, but we were majority owned by a private equity firm in Halyard. And per Roger's point, we were actually five years into the fund window. So the fund basically started late 07, it started, but you know, we, um, and then this was 2013. And basically we were almost at the beginning of year six and, you know, um, you know, it's private equity, but they still want to have a liquidity, yeah. you know, in some sort of window. So um, the final round came down to the final bids and so forth. There was two companies that were, in our opinion, pretty much the same financially. Now, pretty much the same isn't the same as the same. Um, and um, ultimately, one was higher than the other, because, and it was also all cash, and it was all cash up front, and like super clean, no earnout, no this, no that. And <clears throat> rationally, uh, a private equity firm has to look after the interests of their shareholders, which are their limited partners. And, you know, ultimately, you know, would have to take that deal in good conscience, considering yeah. how strong it was. The interesting thing was, we had never actually met with the agency. Well, and, and the agency didn't even know <laughs> until very late in the game, yeah. <laughs> which I felt terrible, actually, for them. Because <laughs> they were going through their own... Uh, we're uh, talking about Moxie. We're talking about Yeah, Moxie. because Publicis knew. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, because actually, they went through Venice. multiple rounds um in the process and made a you know strong offer and strong guest offer um and we had met with um um zenith um which is a a holding area with under the you know um a portion of publicist and actually met um tim jones who was uh now i think the leader of publicist or yeah publicist media yeah yeah. Um, and he was a great person in all the meetings, just super smart, um, uh, just a um, really impressive uh, person. Obviously, he's now the head of all of Publicis Media. Um, so I guess they realized that too. Um, and, um, and then under them was a uh, agency that we all knew was going to be the agency that they we would combine with um, because it was Moxie, who was a neighbor of ours on Zonalite Road way back in our early days, going back to, I don't know, Spun Moxie yeah. episode number one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since that time, Moxie had sold, was no longer independent and, and so forth, but they were in town. So we actually knew everybody over there, but couldn't say anything. And they didn't know that we were being acquired to join them, which was weird because at the beginning of this, I mentioned how the normal process was kind of the holding company and then you go to the next round and then you meet with the agency that we're joining with and you have multiple meetings with the agency that you would join with. And culture fits so important where you wanna spend time with, how you wanna to grow together, how you wanna combine teams is so important. A lot of those things didn't, yeah, well, you guys can take it from there. 
Yeah. Ron. Okay. <laughs> you guys talk about how well it came together. Yeah. No, Rod, Rod stayed the longest there, so I think he knows the most. Yeah. Um, so, well, let, let, yeah, let's not, let's not jump to how it went. First, since, since I was never a Moxie employee, I didn't go forward. How did you guys get tricked into staying <laughs> even past the first moment? So what were your conversations like that made you go, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give it a shot? Oh, no, so, we had to. I had to sign a two-year <laughs> employment agreement. And so, did, um, and so did a number of other folks. So, Jeff, you got out of it because you made a deal with Halyard <laughs> yeah. before the go-to-market process saying that you wouldn't have to sign that. Gotcha. So, so um, I had to. I had um, Nick, Nick did, um, Adam did, uh, yeah. um, I think maybe a half dozen or Ten, maybe more of his. Raj, what happened to you? I, I, I played it wrong. Is <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can say it. All right, um, but I did remember the first time I learned that I was somehow uh, <laughs> going to be on that management team. <laughs> so, um, so do you guys remember the the first kickoff just before we closed at the Four Seasons Hotel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, first off. Um, I don't know if you remember Jeff, but um, and we're good. I, I was not part of those meetings. I was meant to be out, right? Checked out, all that kind of stuff. I was actually on my residency, on my. Oh, EMBA. mentally you were checked out, right? <laughs> yeah. So Jeff, I think you and Nick texted me, right, saying, "Hey, can you come to this kickoff?" It was a Thursday morning, right? Um, and I think. You texted me to say, hey, I think this is important to be there, blah, blah, blah. It's to do with the closing and everything else. And so I had to ask, you know, the professors and everything else to come out of the, it was, you know, like the boot camp residency for the uh, EMBA. So I left the Intercontinental Hotel, which I was there for three days doing that, to go to this meeting, right? So I you left the like, second nicest hotel in town <laughs> to go to the nicest one is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> and I think the meeting started at nine o'clock in the morning, right? And it finished up about noon. And Susie Deering uh, was there and pretty much, you know, the marketing management team, the, the, um, the engaged management team, um, you know, Nick and I think Jeff, you were there, um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So it's going through and then um, there's a PowerPoint with the org chart of the new management team and there's my freaking name right? um, to handle basically the integration. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so and I, I think I looked over to Nick and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> no one told me. <laughs> this is, so apparently what happened was uh, um, Solange um, was, was going on, on also a, a um, uh, I think a Harvard Business School uh, thing. Right, and so they wanted two folks to handle the the integration, and 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 um, somehow my name got on there. Right, so I didn't say anything. Literally the entire meeting, um, and then at the end, I went over to Susie and said, "Listen, Susie, I think there's been a mistake here." <laughs> <laughs> right. Trying to kill um, the deal right at the end. Um, I think that was the first meeting we had with Susie in the management yeah, team. They had never, they had never met us before. Yeah. No, 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 we did. We did like some one-to-ones before. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did some one-to-ones and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I said, listen, I'm on this uh, residency. Um, you know, 
we, we need to talk about this role and what it is and everything else. So uh, I sent her an email and, and uh, she said, listen, let's meet Monday when you finish up your residency. So <laughs> I, I finished up and I came into that meeting with her saying, listen, uh, I have no interest uh, in this. And um, yeah, to, to her credit, I mean, she, she basically said, listen, you know, I need help for the next six months. You know, what will it take? So <laughs> write a number down, mm. <laughs> essentially. And that's how I got sucked in. Gotcha. All right. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, um, le leading up to this, my thing was a little different because while we were um, in a shame, I can't remember the second person's name offhand, but um, Tim, Tim Jones. Tim was, Jones. Yeah, Tim was yeah, Well, no, Tim, well, yeah. I mentioned him earlier, was leading Zenith, but he had a set. Um, Steve kind of King. His, Steve King. Yeah. yeah. So both of them were in each of the meetings and just really impressive guys. And Raj, I think you thought same thing, yeah. like all of us. And right, yeah, um, yeah in incredible guys. So like, and you're like, whoa, these guys have been accomplished. I'd love to learn from them and so forth. And then between the time that they signed the letter of intent and then doing whatever limited due diligence and due diligence when you're already part of a PE fund is pretty quick because you do get annual audits were already in place. It's not like you're a really independent agency kind of doing your finances your own way. Like a PE fund runs all that stuff really well. So due diligence is pretty much always really smooth. But after the deal was essentially signed, but then goes into due diligence, in that window, the CEO of Publicis and the CEO of Omnicom suddenly announced yeah. that they were going to merge, which would be like the greatest merger <laughs> in the history of all agencies and like gigantic. And they had to get government approval, you know, because it was like, a it, it was a week, literally the week we closed, the week after, right? So then oh, the, the week news, after the signed the paperwork, but there's still some due diligence going on. It wasn't. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about um, Engage. Uh, so we, we had our press go out, right? And that same yeah. following week, the, the whole um, no. Omnicom. Um, no, up. the time was a little bit different. We, they had put in their formal final bid and we accepted their formal final bid. But um, that's still the pending due diligence. So it was still a whisper. I'm not even sure. Actually, I'm not sure at that point yet whether Moxie knew. Um, and that, then it was announced that Publis and Omnicom announced that they were going to merge. But because they were so big and like Publis is an icon of the French business elite and like the governments were like, where's the headquarters going to be? Is it going to be a French company? Is it going to be an American or, you know, where's it? A lot of stuff. Well, Tim and Steve had to immediately really kind of focus up because, you know, obviously that's a big piece of, you know, all the top leadership was um, taking it. So we actually didn't really get to meet um, um, Tim and Steve after that was announced because, you know, that was a big thing. That deal actually never happened. It was so complicated for Publicis and Omnicom to merge and the differences of opinion of who would be CEO, which country you'd be based in. It actually, that deal fell apart within a couple months, but it was a tremendously time consuming. So we actually were then, Moxie stepped in and we met them, even though we were no longer gonna meet with the people that were doing the deal. 
Yeah. Well, actually, um, Steve King was involved after the fact. Um, so, oh, Steve uh, was, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, because I, I, I wrote reports for that guy <laughs> constantly <laughs> about the integration. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, gosh, let's, I'm getting the name of them. But yeah, so he was, about, he was actually pretty involved. Let's talk about the, the integration. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of say what I think happened, and then you guys can tell what really happened. But I, I, my memory is that right around when we were being sort of thrust upon Moxie, you know, our 40 million or so in revenue, that they won two or three accounts almost equal to the size of our company. They uh, won the, cha chase, the chase account. A couple of accounts. And so they were trying to figure out how to staff up and do that. At the same time, they were being told, hey, now you've got a couple hundred more people. And my sense from hearing from people, probably a little bit from you guys, but definitely a lot of people on the team was like, most of Moxie really didn't want it. Uh, you know, it took a long time to even try to integrate, like just didn't seem like a good fit for them. So how did you guys sort of feel that? Yeah. Well, to, in all honesty, Moxie was in a rebuilding mode, right? Um, they weren't ready to take on an acquisition, right? They, they were already trying to, um, they had a lot of work to try and kind of restabilize the unit, right? And I, I think that there's no, um, yeah, this isn't anything anyone knows, but, you know, Mox's primary big account was always Verizon, right? Um, and that was the kind of um, the running joke in a sense, right? Like the entire agency is kind of Verizon. Right. And so I, I wish I wish we had that joke. I wish, yeah. you know, Jeff, you know, <laughs> yeah. do, do you wish we no, had I mean, a, we a always $60 said that. million dollar? We yeah. always said yeah. we yeah. wish they, we had their biggest problem. We wish we had it. Yeah. yeah. One day but, I want to have that problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the downside on that was that, the you know, the, the entire agency structure was really built around that. Right. And, and you know, Moxie, you know, kind of had five, six main clients, one of them being a big juggernaut of that, right? Versus Engage had, what, 40 clients, yeah. right? Yeah. Extremely diversified, but nothing huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you had this heavy kind of BD culture as a result. Engage did, yeah, engaged, right? Yeah. Heavy BD culture, Moxie did not, right? So you're clashing those elements. On paper, actually, it made a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Um, you're taking an existing agency unit that only has five or so marquee clients, you know, and really doesn't have an ability to, you know, acquire additional ones heavily, right? Versus one that's used to uh, that level, but it's culturally, it's very, very different. And then secondly, the service sectors were very different. You know, Moxie was good in, in certain areas that Engage wasn't, and Engage was very good in certain areas that didn't even have the capabilities of, of Moxie. So on paper, I get why it made sense, right? But culturally, yeah. man, it was tough, yeah. right? Um, you know, getting folks to work in similar ways, um, you know, again, like you got such a massive account like that. Um, you know, when Verizon said jump, it's basically, you know, how high? Kind of thing, right? and, it, and exactly, and it derailed the entire agency as a, as, a, as a result. And that was something that the Engage unit was just never used to, you know, we just never had to deal with that, that uh, element. Um, the other thing was that the new realization, I'd say, I remember my first week, um, 
going in and we got the news. Yes, later on, we did get the news that we were winning these big accounts. But the first week was literally that we lost, um, gosh, it was probably like a $9 million uh, account right? Pretty de- decent size. In Engage World, that was freaking huge. Yeah, and right? when you say we, you mean Moxie. That's right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And so um, I also remember that was my first lesson that, hey, you're no longer a private company. You're now part of a holding company because uh, we lost the account, but we lost it to another publicist unit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I remember going into triage mode, right? Like, holy shit, where's our pipeline? What do we need to like rebalance all that kind of stuff? I remember uh, actually Susie pulling me aside and saying, what are, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking care of business. She's like, no, 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 no. We intentionally lost it to our parent, <laughs> to our, our, our sister company. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, no, we, we're just going to reassign those people to that brand instead. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, people are learning lessons about holding companies right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and it was my Behind first door lesson number to re- two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was my first lesson to realize that you know, yeah, you're assigned into Moxie uh, or whatever, but your real boss is publicists and the mm-hmm. folks in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. And, and that was like a big realization like holy shit this is a different you know from going from an independent into an holding company and that was a very very big thing and then you know kind of to Rigu's point and jeff like we started you know we won this massive account then it was basically who are you going to sign it was literally who are you going to sign from other brands rosetta ditch tuss razorfish to create this new thing (laughs) right and it's literally we were standing up 120 people uh within a two-month period Mm. it was nuts yeah. Um, and by the way, that's always the fallacy um, for, for these things. And I don't mean just about publicists or just the industry in general. Um, the, any client that hires an agency and immediately gets 120 people assigned to you, ask yourself, yeah. what were they doing the month before? Why yes. do you have 120 people who are sitting on the bench that were talented Yes, it doesn't exist. (laughs) It doesn't exist. Either A, they were not doing anything. And if they had gone another month without doing anything, they might have been let go. Or or B, they are doing something else, but they say they're billing you and, you know, um, when they're not. And how do you know they're the best? Because you can't build an org that fast if screening for the best. Because did you take the best people off of a different client? Mm -hmm. And if that happens, are they going to take the best people off of your account? So they can ramp and scaling is important. And obviously a smaller agency just can't conceive of adding 120 people, whereas a thousand person agency can, but even a thousand person agency doesn't have 120 people Mm -hmm. ready to take on your job. So um, by the way, the other bit is um, scale wise, rough numbers, you know, some margin of error. Uh, Moxie was doing approximately 60 million a year um, top line um, that year. We engage was, I know our engages number was basically just a hair over 40 million. Um, 44. You know, I think yeah. it was 42. Yeah. Um, and, and so together we trusted kind of the magical hundred million dollar mark. And for a brief moment, we did pro forma mm-hmm. until you know, we, some 
business started leaving and, and so forth. But for a brief moment, we were a $100 million entity combined um, with about for, for, for the record, Rigate, I think me and you left by the time we went below that. So I'm still counting that we left it at over Yeah, million. yeah, because in, <laughs> um, pro forma 2013, we were, yeah. Yeah, and, and into 2014, uh, at least when, when I was there at the beginning. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We were yeah. Part of by the way, here's time. an interesting trivia um, note, Jeff. Um, the, um, every year there's a book of lists in the uh, Business Chronicle, mm -hmm. and they list you know, top agencies. And yeah. for a long time, you used to have to submit it to an accountant, and they would send an audited figure. After a while, it was all kind of BS anyway. People would submit stuff. And we would always submit things. You submit number of employees in Atlanta. And that was the criteria, because obviously if you had multiple offices and so forth. And I engaged with a top 10 agency floating around somewhere in that 22 squared is huge. And Atlanta Moxie was huge in Atlanta. You know, at that time, I think BBDO had a big office, a couple other folks. Well, whatever happened in 2013, and I don't even know who submitted it, but they submitted it differently than they had ever submitted it in 2012, 2011, or 2010. They actually submitted all of our employees at Engage and said that they were in the Atlanta office. I guess because they probably did not submit to the Columbus book of lists. Yeah. So they probably only submitted to the Atlanta book I, of I feel like Jeff was running sales and marketing, so it's really him. <laughs> <laughs> I was gone and, by the time. Are you, Ragu, are you saying the engaged listing or the In the summer of 2013 before we. That's oh, all you, Jeff. That was one of the things I was running. That would have been, yeah. that would have been Caruth. <laughs> um, and here's the mystery. Maybe we'll solve it on this call. And I've actually got the plaque um, behind me that said, um, let me grab that bad boy. That That's said amazing. that um, the, um, the number one agency in Atlanta is engaged in a tie with BBDO at the time with the exact same number of Atlanta employees. How many? Now, How many? Um, I don't know. My eyes are terrible. 286, it looks like. 280? Yeah, we had Well, you know, we had about a one, close to 150 in Atlanta. We didn't yeah, we had Columbus, two, sorry, we had three something total. No, yeah. No. yeah. In fact, we took out, we, we had to take out contractors. That 286 is a very honest number because we actually yeah. had a little over 300, including contractors. You take them yeah. out and we came up to 286. What, Columbus was like at 80 or 70. We had um, like nationwide, was, nationwide was still going strong at that point. Columbus was pretty decent size. Columbus yeah. was decent. Yeah. Pittsburgh was you know, maybe 30 or so. Yeah. Um, you know, Orlando, Orlando was had a few. Five or six. Austin, yeah. had a few. Well, Austin was no longer. We'd shut down Austin by then. Yeah. So that <laughs> yeah. number... And we had no idea what BBDO was going to submit. So we submitted an actual honest, 100% honest number. In fact, if we had added the contractors, we would have been not tied for number one, but actually number one. But we answered it perfectly honestly. Is Moxie However, on that list? Um, underneath <laughs> um, Engage, um, it was BBDO, Engage, JWT, Moxie, 22 squared are the top five. And then Moxie acquired us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but I, but, I remember when, but, when but we but the number is up. wrong, not because of the actual number, yeah. but because yeah. we only should have submitted the Atlanta folks, which was probably we would have otherwise ranked like seven, sixth or seventh, or 
Yeah, Atlanta like was about 140 at the time. So yeah. I did want to ask you guys that. Day one, talk about best guess on number of people engaged in each city, and then when we, the day we sold, number of people in each city. You mean day one, like as in 20, 2008? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we first, when uh, we first engaged, yeah, first came Atlanta, I know for sure, we had uh, 72. It mm -hmm. was on our investment banker book for the number of employees, not including contractors. And then Austin was a 70, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah. 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 Austin Maybe, was about 75. Actually, it was a little bit bigger. It was about, I think it was. about 85 or something like that. Yeah. Because you had yeah. that call center team. Columbus? Um, Columbus was, yeah, it was up there. Ish. Um, 150 Pittsburgh was pretty big as well. 40, was, 50. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Orlando then, with 20. Yeah. They had a big real yeah. estate practice. Well, yeah. And then, and then when we sold. Atlanta was, I think about 140. Uh, Cause we were right at capacity in that space. I remember that. And we essentially doubled. I remember it was almost an exact double. In fact, it might've been um, yeah. um, 144 or something like that. I think. And we, was, you know, we got Shane, we got great people, some great people from Austin. We got yep, actually yeah. came down from Columbus. So we definitely had people, some people come. Yeah, but, Steve came down from Pittsburgh. Yeah, but being digital, that was where the momentum was going to be. So we were about a 140 or so in Atlanta. What? And then we had Columbus, but, Pittsburgh. Oh, Orlando. Orlando was two or three people. No, it was like, it was five or six. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was five or six. It was, it was it Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, I remember still trying to consider with the office at the time. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Pittsburgh, around 30, you said? About 30. 20 plus 25, maybe. Um, did Austin, how many people did Austin have? They had Bob. No, no, we shut oh. down Austin by then. Yeah, by then we had No, zero. I thought Bob yeah. was still there. No, no, no. Okay. We shut it down. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so together we had 265, I mean, or 286. You know, pretty well documented. I, yeah. I, I remember the number being. And Moxie had about. <laughs> I'm serious. contractors. We had yeah, it, it, was, it was closer to three because I remember that you were counting that you were counting that China thing we did. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I was counting right. China. No, we did. Yeah, we had yeah. the we had like a team in China. Had, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then China. it would be like three hundred and thirty or something. Like that. Yeah. China that was actually a, a decent yeah, yeah, unit because they were international. They didn't count for the business yeah. conical um, list. Yeah, that's right. We had a. I, then I do remember four hundred employees. Well, that, that's what I'm going with. Like I, I remember going into the first town halls. Um, and the number we were going in was a little over 700 total employees. Yeah. Wow. That, right. That's got to be, at that point, the biggest agency Atlanta's ever had. Well, in Atlanta, oh, yeah. we had about 400. And oh, well, Jeff, total. the biggest agency ever Atlanta ever had was 286. You just showed it. <laughs> Not <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> that year. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I Excel had the, the largest yeah, one by law in history, yeah. right? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. So, we'll have to ask Nussie um, yeah, like uh, how many they yeah. had in Atlanta, in Atlanta specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's actually crazy, like, because Atlanta really hasn't gone to those numbers ever, yeah. right? It's it's never crossed over uh, a thousand employees. Um, and, Moxie, you mean? Um, well, any Moxie unit, now any is, unit. Well, that's what, yeah. it, maybe IXL. We, no, yeah. IXL is the only one, um, maybe March 1st as well, um, back in the day. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, no units kind of, kind of crossed over a thousand uh, FTEs in, in the Atlanta market, yeah. uh, which is kind of crazy. 
So, oh, by the way, um, Karut also said that the leaders of the Atlanta office were Steve Swanton and Ragu Kakarala. So I felt like um, you were somehow. I probably, I probably at that point told her not to put my name in there. <laughs> so you are the person behind that. At least my name not being in there. I don't know anyone else, but I probably said. <laughs> Steve and I opened the newspaper and that newspaper <laughs> literally came out the day after the deal went public. So it yeah. was like that week's business chronicle. And then Steve and I were yeah. like, so funny. Who did this? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Who knows? Um, okay. Well, I, do you guys have any other final stories? Otherwise, I'll wrap this up. Oh, I was going to say um, the one plan, it wasn't really a plan. It was, you know, a couple dinner conversations, um, you know, with uh, Tim and Steve. They were really interested in the whole um, China thing um, that we had done opening up the office there, growing social media there. Um, and, um, and so forth. And they were saying, Hey, you know, there's some good opportunities to publicists globally, you know, um, obviously the real rock stars would run the London office or the Hong Kong office, whatever, but they had all these, um, other countries that were smaller offices, more emerging. And they're like, you know, what do you think about that? And like the, you know, um, Dolly and I had had the twins already at that point, but we're like, Hey, they're not even in preschool yet, or they're not even in real school yet. If we ever wanted to live overseas for a couple of years, you know, if we had a two-year employment agreement, that would be a great adventure to be in one of the uh, New Delhi office or the Hyderabad office or, uh, you know, um, any English-speaking country, you know, would have been, you know, a good fit or Western Europe and so forth. Really good adventure to spend those two years. And it was kind of a, I wouldn't even call it a handshake deal, but it was kind of like a good nod, great fit, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, as I said, like, eventually when it came down to it, Moxie didn't have international offices. I mean, Publicis did. It would have had to really been like, hey, to move on from there. So, um, yeah, I was kind of hoping, even though it was never fully promised, but it would have been a great fit to run a smaller international office mm -hmm. um, and grow it um, as, as for the first two years after the uh, merger. But didn't quite happen that way. Yeah. Well, you guys toughed it out. You guys spent spent some time did did something. Yeah, else. yeah. It was tough, but you know, I, I you know, I still look at it. I, I learned a, a ton during that yeah. period, regardless, right? Um, it was my first true exposure of that. That how many size people does Moxie have now, Rod? I think it's probably shy of three fifty. It's two twenty five. Just kind of is it? Is it really something wow. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I that's, remember that's, pretty quickly, two or three years later it seemed like there were 12 people left from the engaged team that were still there or something other than Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. They, they Pittsburgh's doing well. That, well that, that that's, yeah. I heard well. there. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I had heard that it was just tiny of, of engaged people that were still around, at least in the yeah. Atlanta office. Um, which yeah. Is because the Columbus office shut down after the nationwide business um, yep. moved on. And then yep. Beth in the Pittsburgh office, she knows how to run her shop. Mm -hmm. She's great. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that as well. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've got some interesting episodes coming up. Actually, Ragu, I don't even know if you know this. R Raj and I are going to chat with some of the old advisors. Um, I can only fit so many people on a screen, so we're going to talk sure, sure. a couple of them. Uh, we're going to do some spun logic marriages. We've got three or four yeah. of those. Have, <laughs> oh, those yeah. Folks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have those folks join. Um, we've got some early story uh, spun people. Um, so we we've got some new episodes coming, but I think that concludes the overall history uh unless we can think of any stories along the way we missed out on that we want to make sure we tell we could do bonus episode but i think we did it 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I guess the, the thing is, um, officially, none of these are Spun Mafia period. The Spun Mafia doesn't start until Danny, Danny um, forms Proving Ground. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So as far as this being Spun Mafia <laughs> number four, it is actually the equivalent of the first three fan, um, um, yes. Star Wars movies that were actually the three worst Star Wars movies because they were <laughs> officially the fourth, fifth, and sixth Star Wars movies, even though they were episodes one, two, and three. So really if you point. enjoyed this part of the story, Spun <laughs> Mafia didn't start until Danny actually founded Spun Mafia by being a Spun Mafia and founding yeah. Moving Ground, I think in 2011. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Danny, you were in this episode, even though you weren't in this episode. <laughs> and the reason you're not in this episode is you were the first mafia That's right. in the Spun Mafia. That's right. And and then we've had a bunch of other people other than the four of us starting and running agencies jump out and start mm-hmm. and run agencies. Um, so, Man, yeah. it sounds like a uh, episodes five, six, seven, and eight. <laughs> just sort of... Uh, Maybe so. We'll, we'll yeah. see what the people want. Um, okay. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. That was lots of fun. We did it. Um, I'll see you soon. Great. Largest agency in Atlanta with Steve Swanson. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 